So today's reading, we're going to be reading from James chapter 2, verses 14 to 26, if you want to follow along. That's James chapter 2, verses 14 to 26. Faith and deeds. What good is it, my brothers, if a man claims to have faith but has no deeds? Can such faith save him? Suppose a brother or sister is without clothes or daily food. If one of you says to him, go, I wish you well, keep warm and well fed, but does nothing about his physical needs, what good is it? In the same way, faith by itself, if it is not accompanied by action, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds, and I will show you my faith by what I do. You believe that there is one God. Good, even the demons believe that and shudder. You foolish man, do you want evidence that faith without deeds is useless? Was not our ancestor Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see that his faith and his actions were working together, and his faith was made complete by what he did. And the scripture was fulfilled that said, Abraham believed God and it was credited to him as righteousness, as he was called God's friend. You see that a person is justified by what he does and not by faith alone. In the same way, was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction? As the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without deeds is dead. Morning everyone, good to be with you. My name is Scott, I'm the pastor here at Trinity Church Bracker. Really good to have you, Malcolm Ainsley, with us. Thanks for coming out and sharing a Sunday with us. Um, I just want to start with a question. Here's the question to start today. Does faith make a difference? And particularly, does, does faith make a difference for good? It's a question that a lot of people have. It's a question we're asking this morning. You know, you'll hear a lot of things that make you think perhaps not. So uh, a while ago, uh, a very smart man, Christopher Hitchens, wrote a book. In it called, it's called God is Not Great. But notice the subtitle of the book there. How Religion Poisons Everything. See the claim he's saying there? Religion poisons everything. Faith does not lead to good. And we hear some stories in the media, don't we, all the time? Uh, and it might make you think that faith doesn't make a good contribution. So recently, uh, Hillsong have been in the media. Their founder was, uh, was fired uh, because of his behavior. He, he was acting in ways that seemed to be at odds with his faith. He breached his church's code of conduct. And this is public news. This is, this is national news. We hear about it. Uh, not long ago, there's a foundation, a company called the Esther Foundation. They're a Christian rehab facility in Perth. And only recently, they went into voluntary administration after a number of stories emerged where people who went there to be treated for their addictions ended up uh, the, the victims of abuse and mistreatment by the people running the place. As we hear stories like this and it can make us wonder maybe faith actually doesn't make a difference or if it does make a difference it's not a good difference in our society 
Today we've just heard from James. This is part of the Bible. James is, is writing a letter. Um, James is um, uh, Jesus' brother. He's a leader in the church in Jerusalem. And he's writing to people who used to be part of his church, but they've had to scatter. They've had to get out of there because of persecution against them. And now they live all over their place. And James, their old pastor, is writing a letter to them. And what we've just heard, what Jen has read out for us, really is the heart of, of James's letter. And it's his, his answer to that question as well. Does faith make a difference? So what does James say about it? Well, here is the first thing that James says. Here's, here's the first big thing we're going to see today. James says, real faith will always bring about good deeds. Real faith will always bring about good deeds. Uh, James starts by raising a question in verse 14. Have a look at the question there. He says, What good is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone claims to have no faith? Uh, sorry, if someone claims to have faith but has no deeds, can such faith save them? You see, the question he's asking there, What good is it? of believing if you don't have any actions that go with it. What good is it to say you're a follower of Jesus if it doesn't make a change in you for the good? Is that kind of faith actually real faith? Is that, is that saving faith? Is that the kind of faith the Bible talks about? That's the question James asks. And he goes on and gives an example, doesn't he? Um, he says, you know, imagine... Someone comes to church. Imagine Ada comes to... I'll pick on Ada. Imagine Ada comes to church one morning and you know, we find out that she's fallen on hard times. Right? She's lost everything and she's destitute. Imagine she comes into church. And imagine, imagine that we all just said really nice things to her like, oh, you know, make sure you look after yourself, Ada. And I hope you find yourself a nice hot meal tonight, won't you? You know, living on the streets can be rough, Ada, so, you know, you stay safe, you stay strong. That's exactly, that's exactly what, as I was writing those things, I, I kind of laughed to myself because you can see how silly it is, right? If Ada falls on her, she doesn't, she doesn't need empty platitudes and nice words. She needs real help at that time, practical help. The point here is not that we're responsible for fixing every problem that we come across. But the point here is very simple. Real faith will always bring about good deeds. Real faith changes how we live for good. There's a kind of faith that doesn't do that, but James is saying that, that the kind of faith that doesn't lead to good deeds, James says that's fake faith. It's not the kind of faith the Bible's talking about. Because real faith always brings about good deeds. Can I play show and tell with you for a moment? I'm going to introduce you to one of our kids' favorite toys. Now, I'm going to show you this toy, and I want you to guess the name that our kids have given this toy. You ready? What would we call this toy? Bozo? No. Doggy? No, you'll never get it. This toy is called Bake Me a Cake. Um, <laughs> She got that name because she sings a song about baking a cake. And so when Eva, our daughter, was, I don't know, maybe two or so, she wanted to play with Bake Me a Cake and she'd just say, Bake me cake, bake me cake. And we knew she wanted to play with this. Now, here's the problem. Cake, we, sometimes she gets cake for short. Cake uses lots of batteries. Six of them, in fact. 
And, 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 and she goes, she turns through batteries pretty quickly, right? And she's got, a, there's a stingy dad in the household who doesn't replace batteries. So often, you can press the buttons and cake does nothing. But I wanted to show you what happens when I put the batteries in, bake me a cake. I took, I took one out, so, oh, I have to put one in. Well, there you go, she's already talking. If I hold this right, let's have a look. It's a bit freaky, isn't it? It's not over yet. Wait for, wait for it. Years. Yeah. There we go. That's bake me a cake. We'll put her away now. Now, why do I want to talk about a kid's toy? Kind of creepy, a bit fun, but it's kind of like what James is talking about here. Faith without deeds is dead. Bake me a cake without batteries is dead. It might look okay on the surface. It's still a toy. You can see it's a toy, right? But something's missing, the batteries. And so she doesn't do what she's supposed to do. She doesn't do the singing and dancing, yeah? James is saying there's there's such a thing as fake faith. On the surface, it might look okay. Someone might know lots of things, be even able to say the right kinds of things. But something's missing. It's not real faith. And so it doesn't do what it should do. There's no actions to go with it. Real faith will always bring about good deeds. That's the first point we've seen today. Here's the second thing we see today. Uh, The second thing we see today is real faith will always bring about good deeds. Something new and different. Um, That is, you cannot miss the point in this passage. It's exactly what we see next as well. Here again, James kind of poses, it kind of poses another question to us as well. Look at verse 18. Verse 18, someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. And you can see what the question, kind of what what, what the implication is here, right? You know, Faith and deeds, you can separate these two things, can't you? And you might be the faith Christian that knows lots of stuff and really has a strong belief. And I might be the deeds Christian. I might do lots of things, but that's okay. We're really just the same thing. We've just got a different bent, a different lean to us. But look what James says at the end of verse 18. He says, no, in verse 18, someone will say, you have faith, I have deeds. Show me your faith without deeds and I'll show you my faith by my deeds. You can't separate faith and deeds out from one another. They go together because real faith will always bring about good deeds. And then James gives us three examples. Firstly, he says, this is probably not what you expected to hear at church today. Firstly, James says, look at the demons. Yeah, Um, Look at the demons because they have faith in God. They have a certain kind of faith in God. They believe in God. But they're still demons. So verse 19, you believe that there is one God, good. Even the demons believe that and shudder. See, the demons, they believe in God, but it doesn't change what they do. They're still opposed to God. They still do evil because they have this fake kind of faith. It's not real faith, not saving faith. And so they, they shudder at the thought of God and the judgment that they are under. It's a fake faith. Real faith will always bring about good deeds. And then James, well, he goes on and gives us two more examples that are both positive this time. First, James takes us to Abraham. And he goes into kind of some real nitty-gritty stuff. But, but stay with me here. I think we'll be able to see the big point quite clearly. 
Um, but Abraham, that's where we go. So we know Abraham, right? He's a big figure in the Bible. You read about him in the Old Testament. And uh, Abraham is really known for two things. On the one hand, he is the great patriarch of the nation of Israel. Every Israelite can trace themselves back to Abraham. The second thing that's, that we know about Abraham, he was like the man of faith. Often when the Bible talks about faith, that points back to Abraham as he is the man of faith. And we kind of see that in verse 23. James quotes from the Old Testament and he says, Abraham believed God that Abraham had faith and it was credited to him as righteousness. Abraham was considered righteous. He's acceptable. That is, he's, he's saved because of his faith, because of his belief in God. But here's the thing that James points out to us. It wasn't just that Abraham believed God. His belief led to action. So verse 21. Was not our father Abraham considered righteous for what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? See, Abraham believed God. He had faith. And that changed what he did. And here we're pointing to something that Abraham did. He was ready to offer his son Isaac on the altar. Now, we might have a few questions about this, about the ethics of all this. Like, why would Abraham offer his son? Uh, why would God ask for that? Uh, unfortunately, we don't have time to go into those questions right now. If you do want to chat about it afterwards, I'm happy to talk more. But for now, do you see what James is pointing to about Abraham? What Abraham shows us. You, you cannot separate real faith and, and, and actions, they always go together. It was true of Abraham. It's true for real faith everywhere. And we have another example too, Rahab. Uh, Rahab is not like Abraham, right? So Abraham, um, he's this big patriarch. Right? He's the man of faith, a, a real kind of uh, a, a big figure in the Bible. But, but Rahab is not like that. So firstly... Rahab, she's not even an Israelite, not even one of God's people by, by birth. She's, she's a foreigner. She's a Canaanite. And, and she's not this great person of faith. What's Rahab known for? She's known as a sinner. She's a prostitute. Rahab is not like Abraham. Except she is. Because just like Abraham... She had real faith, the kind of faith that leads to action. So what does verse 25 say about her? In the same way, was not even Rahab the prostitute considered righteous for what she did when she gave lodging to the spies and sent them off in a different direction? See your point? doesn't matter who you are. You cannot separate faith and deeds. They go together. This is how one writer put it. Anyone is capable of acting on his or her faith, whether a patriarch or a prostitute. And the point is really clear, isn't it? Real faith will always bring about good deeds. They cannot be separated. One must lead to the other. Faith without deeds, it's kind of like having a car factory that doesn't make any cars. It's just not the real deal. It, 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 it ceases to become a car factory if it doesn't make any cars. Just a big empty building. What about a more personal thing? Yeah. Imagine, so if I say I love my kids, 
that ought to show itself in how I live, right? Like, I'll make time to spend with them and I'll be affectionate towards them. I'll encourage them in what they're doing. I'll help them along the way. But what if that never happened? What if I was always too busy for my kids? Or, Or what if I was cold towards them? What if my words were always harsh towards them? If that was happening, you'd kind of ask yourself, does he really love his kids or does he just say that? It's same with real faith. If we really do believe God, if we really have faith, it's going to shape how we live. It's going to show itself by the deeds that spring forth from faith. What's the big point? We've seen it twice in a row, haven't we? Real faith will always bring about good deeds. Now, we could just wrap it up there and go home early. And maybe you think that's a good idea. But I reckon there's, there's at least two questions that we really need to ponder on here and wrestle through here. At least two. Here's the first one. If faith does bring about good deeds, if faith does make a difference, then why don't I see it? Why don't I always see Christians doing this kind of stuff? Why instead do we see the kind of stuff I spoke about at the start? Pastors bullying and abusing their members. Christian organisations misusing money for their own ends. Church leaders having to be fired because of misconduct. And you know, if, if real faith makes a difference, why are these kind of things popping up on my newsfeed? Can I say, if that's your question, I think this is the right question to ask. There will be things, our churches, faith organisations, Christians, that we need to apologise for. Because uh, we just got it wrong. When that's happened, we need to apologise and we'll need to repent. James is not saying that Christians will be perfect and no church group or no Christian should claim that they are perfect. We will still struggle with sin and we're still going to make mistakes. And sometimes that has big consequences and, 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 and serious bad consequences. And friends, we cannot ignore that. We should not ignore that. When it happens, we need to own up. We need to apologize. We need to seek forgiveness and restoration. And we need to repent. We need to change. If you're someone who's here today and in the past you've been hurt by a church or by Christians, I want to say this to you. I'm sorry that has happened. That should not have happened. I'm sorry that's happened to you. It, it, it's, it's unfitting, isn't it, that, 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 this, that you should have to suffer that from people of faith. And I want to say, if... If you need to talk with someone about it, um, you feel free to get in touch with myself, get in touch with Ada. Our door is open to you. There have been times where Christians have got it wrong in the past. We don't need to sweep that under a rug. We need to be honest. We need to make restoration and we need to change. Having said that, 
there is also lots of evidence where Christians have done good, have done the right thing, where they've been a good influence on society. So historically, um, let me think of a few examples. So uh, a lot of the first schools in our country were started by Christians. And they started them not because they just wanted to have a Christian school. They actually started them because they thought education was for all people, not just the rich people, but for everyone. So they started schools to educate everyone that eventually the governments kind of took over. And not just schools, but hospitals as well. Christians have started a lot of hospitals all over the world. And not just hospitals, but charities. You know, from from Vinnie's to Uniting Care, from World Vision to something like Alcoholics Anonymous, all have like Christian people in the background there. And it still happens today. Christians stand behind lots of things that are for good in our society, like compassion and the work they do with children across the world in poverty and tear fund and Anglican aid and so many more. You can go on and on and on. Or even just you know the everyday Christian who's doing good in their neighborhood and with the people they know. That is, I think there's a lot of evidence that Christianity and Christians have done good for our society. And it makes sense, doesn't it? Because real faith will always lead to good deeds. Real faith makes a difference. Now, why am I saying this? Because, well, because some of us might be sceptical, right? Um, we might not really be sure about this whole Jesus thing and not sure if it's good for the world, maybe not sure if it's good for me as a person. And if that's you, here's what I want to do. I just wanted to invite you to take a second look at Jesus. Yes, there's, there's, there's failures in the past by Christians. But the failures, they always go against what Jesus taught. And the failures always go against the way that Jesus lived. That is, the failures don't show that Christianity is bad for the world. The failures show that people don't always live up to, to the way that Jesus has set before us. And on the other hand, there's so much good that's come from Jesus and so much good that's been done in his name. So I wanted to invite you, if you're sceptical about this whole thing, why don't you take a second look at Jesus? Why don't you join us for the Life Series? Come along for the first week. If you don't like it, hey, no harm done. But if you do, come along the second week and say, um, why not come along and give it, a, give it a go? Take a second look at Jesus. He really is worth it. That's the first question you might want to ask. Oh, sorry, there's the thing for Life Series, Thursdays in June. Second question you might want to ask. This is really a question that Christians will ask often. And it's around this, aren't we saved by faith alone? You know, that was the great cry of the Reformation 500 years ago, saved by faith and not by works. If, and if that's the case, what's going on with verse 24? Because in verse 24 it says, a person is considered righteous, that is, they're saved. A person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. What do we make of this? Look, if that's your question, can I say, you are in very good company. Over the years, a, a lot of Christians have written and talked about this question, spent a lot of time thinking over this issue. So what do we make of it? So I just want to let us notice a couple of things with, with the passage. So the first thing is to notice is, is that James thinks that it is faith that saves. James thinks faith saves. So look in verse 14. James is talking about faith and he deeds and he asks what kind of faith can save. Um, uh, 
Can, can faith without deeds save? And, and James says, no. Real faith always brings about good deeds. But notice what James is saying, faith, what, what James is saying saves you. It is, it is faith. Faith is a thing that saves. The second thing to notice is that James is talking about good deeds as evidence of that faith. So verse 22 talks about Abraham's faith being completed by what he did. That is, his actions, what he did, that's the destination that his faith has taken him. His faith is the soil that springs forth the the shrubs, the trees of good works. That's the same kind of thing that James is getting at in verse 24. Let me read verse 24 out for you again in full. It says, You see that a person is considered righteous by what they do and not by faith alone. So at the end of the age, we're going to stand before God, all of us, whether you're someone who follows Jesus or not. For the, but for the person who follows Jesus, for, for the person of faith, God is going to look at our lives. And as he looks at how we lived, if we have real faith, God is going to see the evidence of that time and again in our lives. Because real faith will bring about, the, will bring about good works. And of course, then, there can be a worry in us. What if, what, if I, there aren't, what if I'm worried about that there aren't those good deeds in my life? What if they're not there? Two things I want to say. The first one is this. There's forgiveness. If you're worried that your life hasn't been honoring God, friends, I want to say to you, there is forgiveness. Turn to God And in the name of Jesus, who died and rose again for you, ask for forgiveness. And be confident that because Jesus has died and risen again, God will give you forgiveness. Why don't you do that today? Pray to God and ask for forgiveness. Secondly, if you're worried that your life doesn't have these good deeds in it, um, can I say to you, the answer is not to run around in life and try and add in good deeds to your life. The answer is not try with more effort to get good deeds happening in your life. Because remember, it is not effort that brings about good deeds. Right? Faith does. It's faith that brings about good deeds. So if you're worried that, there's no, that these aren't in your life, I want to suggest to you, turn back to Jesus Set your eyes firmly fixed on him. Get to know him. Grow in your love for him. Strengthen your faith in him, friends. Because real faith always brings about good deeds. Have you heard of this guy, Charles Blondin, before? Anyone heard of him? No, of course you haven't. If you lived 150 years ago, you would have heard of this guy. This guy, Charles Blondin, was a tightrope walker and he was famous for walking across Niagara Falls quite often. So huge crowds would actually come out to see him do the tightrope walk across Niagara Falls. And you know, he did it one week and the next week they come back and there's a bigger crowd there and he does something different. So first week, walks across. Second week, he walks across with a blindfold on. People go, wow, this is fantastic. And next week, there's more people there. 
And the next week he comes and he walks across the tightrope, this time in a, in a sack. And people go, wow, this is fantastic. And they tell their friends, and even more people are there. The next week he comes and he pushes a wheelbarrow across the tightrope. And people go, wow, this is fantastic. They tell their friends, and more people come. Until one day there's this huge crowd there, right? You get the picture, massive amounts of people. Crowds are bigger than ever, and everyone's anticipating, what's he going to do this week? And Charles Bondon turns to the crowd and he says, Do you think that today I can carry a man on my back and walk across the tightrope? And the crowd say, Yes, of course. We've seen you do all these other things. Of course we believe you can do it. Yes. So you know the question that he asks the crowd then, doesn't he? Which of you is going to step forward and be the man on my back? And do you know how many people came forward that day? Not a single one. They all said they believed he could do it. But none of them are willing to put their faith into action. It was a fake kind of faith. Friends, that is not us. With us, real faith leads to action. Real faith leads to good deeds. Faith does make a difference. It doesn't create a bunch of rules for us to follow, but it changes our hearts so that we become men who treat women with respect, so that we become people who don't tear one another down with our words just to make ourselves feel better. Real faith changes our hearts so that we become a community that loves one another, even when it is costly. And here's what I wanted to end by saying. Friends, I see this faith in you. Of course, I don't see everything that everyone does all the time. But I reckon, even just in the, since the beginning of this year, I've seen enough to notice that your faith brings about good deeds. Let me tell you some of the things I've seen. When someone has needed to go to the hospital for some rehab, people have taken time out of their week to drive this guy back and forth. When there's been people who are sick, there's been those of you among us who've cooked meals and took them around. When new people have stepped into our church, there's been those among us who have looked after them, invited them not just into the space here, but invited them into their lives, into their homes. Some people have gone through real dark moments in their life this year. And as that's happened, they haven't had to walk through that alone because many of you have been walking beside them. There are those of you here who volunteer at nursing homes, at charities, at hospitals, so that people are looked after. There are those who've done, even just helping out with really practical things, like what do I do when my car breaks down? people who come every week to school here to make breakfast for underprivileged kids. In fact, let me tell you something that happened just this week. Just this week, there's was, there was one of us who needed to go to hospital for surgery. And the person who was going to be driving them wasn't able to drive them anymore. And so this person from church needed to go to hospital. They, they needed a lift. So um, uh, I sent a quick last-minute text around to a few people. On, on Wednesday, looking for someone to help out. And this was not a small thing. It's going to take you know half a day at least. 
not a quick trip. You know, not just one, but two people responded and said, yep, I can arrange my life to make that happen for this person. As I just kind of, it, it warmed my heart. It reminded me of why I love church so much. Because here is a community of people whose faith has made a difference to them. Saving faith will always bring about good deeds. Friends, I praise God that I see that faith in you. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the Lord Jesus. Thank you that faith in him is a wonderful thing. Please strengthen our trust in him. Please help us always be believers in Jesus. God, we thank you that being part of a community of believers lets us see one another putting their faith into action. God, we thank you for the ways that you've used us. Thank you for the ways that you've brought about good deeds from our faith. And we pray that that would keep being the case. Not so that we can be seen as good or anything special, but so that the name of Jesus would be lifted high and honoured. And we pray this in his name. Amen.